We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Something that has made a world of difference for us and many people we know over this past year has been getting our groceries delivered right to our door. The ability to get local, fresh groceries without us having to step foot into a grocery store has been something we are so grateful for. Convenience, price, and quality are extremely important to us, and that's why we love and support Instacart. Instacart can deliver to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. To start your 14-day free trial and to get free delivery on your first order over $35, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and to help support the show. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store ever again. Back by popular demand, we were graced with Catherine Gagnon's presence once again. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that Catherine was Andrew and I's transformational coach for the last four to six months, and we can't stop talking about her. So we brought her back. Yes, we did. Catherine is an emotional alchemist, mind-body healing practitioner, and master NLP transformational health coach who works with people who are tired of feeling tired and worried. She can hear, see, and feel the emotional and physical energy leaks in people and helps them plug those leaks. As a result, her clients regain sustained physical, emotional energy, recover faster from illnesses, attain mental clarity, self-confidence, feel more at peace with themselves, and happier in their relationships. Catherine is hang glider pilot certified, applied neurosciences practitioner, and holds a nurse practitioner diploma. She's currently pursuing a PhD doctorate program in natural medicine and studying the ancient wisdom of Sita Veda, which stems from Ayurvedic medicine. We cannot wait for you to get more of Catherine's magic. Let's get to today's show. Welcome back, everyone, to Ivy Unleashed. Today, Brooke and I are pumped. We are talking about something that everyone wants more of, something that has to do with energy. Yes. And we have one of our favorite people here. Someone we can't get enough of. <laughs> and if you're a regular listener of the show, you probably know who we're talking about. Yes, we have... Catherine Gagnon back in the house. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. Woohoo! Thank you, ladies. It's such a joy to be back with you on the show. And especially after all of us have been building history. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think the first time when we recorded back in June 2021, I didn't even know who was who. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got the history. So thank you. Thank you for having me back on the show. It's been great pleasure to be here. Last time we had Catherine on, we talked about energy leaks, a term that Andrew and I weren't familiar with and highly recommend if you're not either that you go back to episode 34 
take a listen. Catherine walked us through energy leaks and overcoming self-limiting beliefs. And one of those energy leaks are heavy emotions. Mm. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Yes. Yeah. But before we even do that, we want to catch up with you, Catherine, on number one, just the history of all of your education, because there's a lot of it. And what you're doing now and what you're kind of up to, it's super interesting. And just to, for people that haven't heard from you, just a little bit about your background and where you're at today. Yeah, well, it's been quite a journey. Some of you might know that I, I used to be a nurse practitioner and I kind of, you know, escaped from the medical field in 2017 to become a health coach. And somehow I've always been on this quest for the global wellness knowledge and even as a health coach something was missing and I I wasn't sure what it was so I you know I did NLP I'm a master NLP practitioner and applied neurosciences practitioner and then still there was something missing and uh, I don't know it was in the fall of 2021 it kind of all came to me you know how when you follow the breadcrumbs of you see something interesting, you're intrigued, you're like, oh, what is this? You talk to someone, randomly ask them, oh, where are you studying? Oh, Quantum University. Oh, my gosh. Who's on faculty? Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza. Uh, I'm like, what? Greg Braddon. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Looked it up. And I've enrolled into uh, Quantum University to do a, a PhD doctorate program in natural medicine. And what's amazing about this program is it's kind of the medicine that we have always envisioned it. And it's bringing quantum physics into the wellness and, and healing on a global, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, all the aspects. And it's giving a blueprint to, you know, when we're doing NLP, neurolinguistic programming, where are we really acting? Oh, we're acting at the level of the mind. Okay. When we're working with chakras and aligning chakras, or if we were to do, let's say, acupunctures for the meridians, well, we'd be in the vital body. So it's just like, whoa, all of a sudden, it's like all of my previous education and different modalities, they have a place to live in a way that is really um, easy to understand. And it helps me to help my clients better because I have just a zillion more tools in my, you know, in my pocket. So that's been super exciting and and really bringing quantum physics. And we can talk a little bit about this on on this uh, episode, but really the big principle of quantum physics is kind of similar to the law of attraction um, in in the way that it it, it works and that at least I I understand it conceptually and, and in the manifestation world. So that is super exciting. And I've also started in January a program that is ancient wisdom uh, from the Siddha Veda lineage. It's in India. It's 2,500 years old. And it's a lineage that was passing the, the teachings from master to student with 2,000 years old manuscripts. And this lineage goes all the way back to Jivaka, who used to be Buddha's physician. So it's kind of like Ayurvedic medicine. Like This is the medicine in India. But it goes a little bit deeper with Siddha Veda in, in terms of involving more of the mind and the emotions along with diets and herbals and things like that. So the PhD that I'm doing with the Siddha Veda program and learning about different, really different ways of, of seeing the, the physical body, the vital body, the, 
the the emotional body and the spiritual body is just kind of bringing it all together. And I think this is what I've always dreamed about was to get the best of every approach to kind of build my own unique way to help somebody kind of just shortcut, you know, determine what they need. And I'm really, I'm all about helping people feeling free, free from anxiety, free from fatigue, free from worry, free from illness, free from lack of motivation or lack of purpose. So, so that people can tap into their gift and live a purposeful, meaningful life, no matter what it takes. So it's really exciting. It is very exciting. And Brooke and I have worked with you for the past four to six months and have experienced that freedom you speak of, of really uncovering what our beliefs are, what we've convinced ourselves of our entire life, things that we've carried that have felt heavy and we didn't even know we were carrying them. And I do think sometimes it takes someone with just a different level of experience to reflect with you and to think about like, what if? Or do you know where that comes from? Or how do you want to feel? And what would that be like for you if you could let go of this or have a different way of thinking? And it's powerful. I'm so happy that you followed those breadcrumbs to keep uncovering new ways. I mean, just talking with Brooke, I knew nothing about chiropractic. I feel like with health and wellness, it's like constantly there's something new that could help someone. It's like, it's a never ending journey of how different things in health and well-being can affect your your wellness. So thank you for doing the work you're doing. And I really want to have you kind of help people understand about our belief systems mm-hmm. and how you even start uncovering what your belief system is and like where that comes from. Yes, totally. If we take the premise from, let's say, from law of attraction, that Everything that we see in our external world is based on our internal beliefs. Then it might be easier to find out our, our internal beliefs. The, the challenge with, with beliefs is that they're subconscious. They have been, most of them have been programmed in the early formative years, most of them before the age of six, before we could even decide for ourselves what was true from what was not true. You know, it's some things that we've heard our parents say or our caregivers say, or even, you know, we've all had these events where let's say we were kids, we probably don't remember them consciously, but let's say we were kids and I don't know, we fell, we had a boo-boo, we want the attention from mama, but she's busy. And in the moment, let's say she's just kind of a little bit stressed. She says, wait, don't, I'm, I'm no, I can't, I can't be there for you. And, and internally the child will make a decision because when we're children it's a, everything is about us people are happy it's because of me people are upset or sad it's my fault and so we'll make up these beliefs such as the example i was giving that oh if i'm hurt i'm not worthy of attention and then we'll kind of start forming a belief around that unknowingly and kind of carry that and then the patterns is going to repeat themselves in our life we'll find partners that might treat us the you know, in a way that we feel unworthy or uh, we might not ask for or apply for jobs that would be paying us an amount of resources that, that we deserve from our, for our level of skills and, and kind of we're carrying this kind of unworthiness with, with us. And, and then the way that I find it's so useful to help people gain awareness of subconscious beliefs 
yes, we do some deep work, but the first step to healing is always self-awareness. And it's looking at your life. What are some of the patterns that are repeating in your life? Whether it's, it could be in your, in your intimate relationships. Are you always attracting the same partners? Are you always kind of feeling a, a certain way, you know, after the honeymoon is kind of gone? And <laughs> or in your job, you know, with your colleagues, just look, start looking for patterns. And patterns are very, in a way, they're very uh, like mathematical. They're kind of repetitive and predictive. So when you start having that awareness, it becomes easier to see what's not working for you and to have then the will to transform that. Really something that I've noticed is if we're going to put healing on a simple three-step process, the first step is self-awareness. You can't go around that. Nobody who's put their hand in their head in the sand ever got anywhere. So self-awareness. The second step is transformation. And this is where we're going to talk about transformation of subconscious beliefs and heavy emotions. And then the third step is wholeness. Because really what we're healing is pieces of ourselves that seem to be broken or pieces of our psyche or our emotions that, that are not aligned and that's why they're dragging our energy, you know, for carrying this belief of unworthiness. Yeah, we can be joyful and have some energy, but deep down we're going to have kind of, we're carrying this ton of bricks, you know, of unworthiness. And, and by letting go of that ton of bricks, it's like, poof, our energy can come back in wholeness. It's like we're putting one more piece of the puzzle together. And when we feel whole, we feel in peace. We feel grounded, we feel present, we feel intentional, our body regains vitality, flexibility, strength. There's nothing like the feeling of wholeness. And that to me is true uh, healing on a physical, emotional, spiritual level. Something that comes to mind is just from my experience with you is when you start to do this work and you start to fix what's broken or acknowledge what's broken and then you're finding ways to release these heavy emotions, you want Mm -hmm. to be more present. You want to live your life. You want to be doing just mundane things in your environment because you're not in so much pain and you don't feel like you need to distract yourself or numb yourself. Like I'm drinking less. I'm paying attention to my kids more. I'm just wanting to notice more in my life than look at my phone or drink the alcohol. Not that like I'm still using my phone and I'm still drinking here or there, but it's just different. I don't feel like that weight Mm -hmm. as much. You have more energy to do things. You're not trying to fill a void. You want to be present. You feel like life is happening for you and not to you. And you want to soak up every minute and by drinking or being on your phone numbing these things it's almost like you're missing those precious moments is what I what I found and also Catherine with working with you right that's three-step process I I feel that and and I want to thank you for giving me that wholeness and helping me find that within myself and that first step really has been awareness right the practices that you walked us through I say we because Andrew and I both worked with you for different reasons and my reason was really okay I'm working with a practitioner to heal the physical side of me and now we got to do that mindset work right you have to fully believe that you can heal and that's where our work together came into play but I would love for you to kind of talk about 
someone who is in that awareness stage, what could be some simple tools that they could utilize? You know, it sounds great. Okay. These three steps, but they're kind of monster steps and they take working with someone to help guide them through. So let's kind of start with that awareness and uncovering these subconscious beliefs. What are some simple, maybe not so simple, but some ways that people can kind of become conscious of those subconscious beliefs? Yeah. And it's a great place to start uh, to become conscious. I mean, obviously, subconscious means it's hidden from you. And your subconscious mind loves you so much that it will not present a, a memory unless it knows that you are ready to transform it or that you have the tools to transform it. So uh, memories are suppressed for that reason to protect you. So the, the the deep work that we've been doing together, I really recommend it to anybody. I mean, I've done it myself, and this is how I accelerated the healing from Lyme disease. I would say you can't really bypass that deep work if you're really intentional about feeling that true freedom and wholeness. And to start with self-awareness, you know, when I think of my own road or pathway, I really wish that people had told me about the power of negative emotions and the impact of suppressing my truth on my physical and mental energy. Heck, I could have, I could have spared myself a a great big Lyme disease. (laughs) But you know, when we're talking about lifting the weight of emotions, emotions have a density, they have a vibration. And so if for you two ladies and, and those who are listening right now, I would invite you to, um, let's say, think about a moment where perhaps you felt not so great about yourself, maybe less than or self-doubt, and kind of adopt that posture and feel how that feels in your body. Oftentimes, we'll be kind of slouching or looking down, or for me, I can almost feel like there's a tap at the base of my spine. It's like my vital energy kind of leaks down, you know? And the body can really, it's a state. It's a state and it's the emotion, you know, that unworthiness. So one of the things that I like for people to be aware of is how does your body feel? Your body doesn't lie. So if you were to just kind of test it right now, let's say you go to a moment where you were feeling self-doubt or not so great about yourself. And, you know, tell me how, like in one or two words, how does that feel in your body? Heavy. Slouched. Dark. Cloudy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And notice where you're feeling this heavy and there in your body and this slouch and kind of cloudiness. Just notice where that emotion kind of resides in your body. And for those who are listening, just I invite you to do this exercise quickly um, because these are things that happen on the subconscious level, but the body will feel it as if, you know, this is happening and it's the end of the world. And to, regi- to kind of record, make yourself like a mental note, how does that feel in your body when you have dense emotion? And then let's switch gear and think about a moment, let's say that you had the greatest joy in your life and, and you know, you were feeling so loved and supported or confident. And then just kind of take that posture. If you go back into that moment as if it's happening right now and you think back about, oh, yeah, what were you thinking back then? And, and what was the posture you, you were holding yourself? And, and you kind of go back to that moment because really time and space is a mental construct because we can go back to like a past memory or a future memory. We can go travel through time and space just like this, right? Through our mind. So 
if you were to embody a, a joyful place of your life, tell me in one or two words, how does that feel in your body and where does that reside in your body? I would say uplifting, kind of like in my chest, my yeah. heart. Like energized, bright, lighter. Yeah. Sure. So you can, you can feel it right away. And oftentimes heavy emotions will have kind of this contraction, heavy feeling where you want to just kind of roll yourself in the ball in kind of protection and lighter, more vibrant emotion will have this expanded energy where you just feel like you, you know, your pigeon chest comes out and you're looking up with so much joy and confidence in life. So I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but for the purpose of self-awareness, I would say to people, a quick tip is to start noticing in their body, how does heavy emotion feel and where that is? and How does light emotion and, you know, joyful emotion live and where that is? So that they can start picking up on things and then decide to transform them. Because some of the patterns that I see happening with heavy emotions is, when you live your life according to how other people want you to live, that feels so constrictive. And that was my, that was one of my things, you know, staying in a nurse practitioner job that felt like it was closing a box on me. The more I tried to stay in there, the more, the sicker I became with Lyme. Uh, or when you find yourself doubting what you're going to say or kind of reserved or too shy to express your opinion or to talk about your desires or your needs or thinking they might not be important or that you might be rejected. So kind of that holding back, you know, that brings a heaviness, not just of the emotion, but whatever you're holding back. Um, or if you're passively accepting what someone is saying when your inside is yelling like, no way, <laughs> you know, so that those are, you know, some examples when you may feel stressed or tense or anxious or very tired, you know, almost like, feeling weak or total lack of motivation. And that's when the box of cookies or the chips are really tempting. <laughs> so does that, does that help to bring in a little bit more tangible ways of conscious belief and how they may be, uh, or the emotions, how they may be uh, expressed? Yeah. It's tuning into how your body feels, paying attention to those signals that it's giving you. The body knows best. It's trying to protect you. And yeah. I think something that, I found super powerful is any symptom I'm having, it's a signal, it's a sign, and it's begging for my attention to listen to it. And then once you start questioning it, well, then you kind of, it gets rid of its power and you can kind of tune into what are you trying to tell me? So would you say, Catherine, that's kind of the next step is to feel it, acknowledge it, and then to question it? Or where would you go from there? Well, totally. And you know, most people are afraid of feeling their emotions or they're afraid to get in touch with them because they're either afraid that it's going to last forever or that it's going to take them to their kind of death, you know, if, <laughs> if we go to the extreme. And so most people were, will resist it. You know, there's this saying, feeling is healing. Yes. And how do you do that if you've never done that? Then that's, or if, you, if you're not in the habit of doing that. I love how you put it together, Brooke, of, of you know, self-awareness and getting the signal and then questioning that. One thing that I really love doing is asking yourself questions. Most people don't ask themselves the right questions. They'll, they'll ask, let's say there's a symptom, does this mean I'm getting worse? Or what does this mean? And, and they're asking it from a place of 
fear and feeling threatened. And I, and I get it, you know, with, with an illness, it's scary. But let's say it's something that's happening in their intimate relationship and they might ask themselves, well, why is this person so rude with me? The way we ask the question will orient our subconscious mind to make us right in the sense of if you ask the question, why is this person so rude to me? What did I do wrong? Your subconscious mind will make you, will make you bring a circumstance in your life that will prove you wrong. So the, the first step after, you know, questioning the signal is ask yourself an empowered question, you know, and I love to bring in curiosity instead of judgment. And curiosity is really the antidote to judgment. You can't judge when you're curious. And so, for example, let's say in, in the case of somebody with symptoms and it's a signal, the question could be, oh, what, uh, what can I be even more aware of that my body is trying to tell me right now? And notice how there's kind of a, a lack of emotional charge. There's a lack of fear. It's just like, oh, I'm the ally of my body and I get to listen to what it's saying because I trust that I'll figure things out. Either I'll get some help or I can figure things out. Or if, if somebody is like rude in their relationship and, and they don't like being treated this way, you know, an empowered question could be something like, oh, well, how can I reconnect with this person in such a way that feels mutually respectful kind of thing, right? So it's, speaking in the direction of what you desire, which is something that most of us are not good at because we're just, we've just been trained to speak about what is. Oh, this person is just so rude. Yeah. And then guess what? The more you speak about what is, the more you align your vibration with what is, even if it's something you don't like, the more you're going to attract that. So it's really questioning. And this is where we can talk about the cascade. It's questioning the meaning that you give to events symptoms, circumstances. And this is where the, the key of awareness will pay, will pay off the most. I know from working with you that my experience was that I personally was trying to protect myself by getting ahead of people hurting me. And so I would be looking for the ways they were going to hurt me because I wanted to be in front of it. And then I would find more drama. I would find more rude comments. I would find more things. And, and I, I considered myself to be an optimistic, positive person. But in reality, I was so fixated on not getting hurt or burned or neglected or abandoned that I was finding it everywhere I turned in every single person. But it was all me looking for it. Yeah. And what you focus on is what your brain is going to give you, right? There's the reticular, reticular activation system that we've talked about in, in past episodes, and Catherine, we've worked together on it. It's this idea of what you put into the universe, what you speak is what you get because you're telling your brain what to look for and what to find, and it wants to prove you right. And, yeah. right, it's that feeling of exactly what you said, Catherine. When you're curious with it, it's it's lighter. You don't have that judgment. When you think of things that are judgy, criticism, people, rude comments, it just weighs you down. And so if you can flip that switch and you have the power of what you give meaning to, you can make it lighter and then you feel good and you want to feel better. And ooh, how can I get more of this feeling? And Catherine, you have an awesome cause and effect cascade. And so I'd love for you to walk that through so our audience 
can kind of understand what Andrew and I have witnessed firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing some of your, you know, personal stories and kind of bringing it into the tangible realness. Because uh, as you know, coaching is more felt than explained. Um, yes. <laughs> but so this, this cascade is really, I find, one of the key elements to be aware of for all of our mental and emotional health. It's there's an event that happens. And two people could look at the same event and they give a total different meaning to it. Okay. So, so there's going to be an event and then according to how the person is, their programming, you know, their kind of childhood subconscious beliefs that turn into adults beliefs, you know, they're going to look through this pair of glasses that will give a meaning to that event. And sometimes I like to give the example of, uh, let's say you walk into the office and the secretary is kind of not looking at you and kind of, you know, short and rude. Well, one person could look at it and say some say to themselves, oh, what did I do wrong? I must have done something or said something. Is, is she upset with me? And so this person is going to go down a certain cascade. Another person could look at the secretary and think, oh, my gosh, I wonder if she's going through something difficult. I wonder how I could support her. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring her a cupcake for lunch and, and, or I'll, I'll ask what's going on later and give her an opportunity to speak. So this person is going to go down a totally different cascade. So the cascade is the event is happening and then there's thoughts, you know, like the internal discourse that I was just describing where we give meaning. And it's really that meaning that will bring the emotion. So the person who's thinking they've done something wrong, that might bring an emotion of, you know, fear or uh, unworthiness or anxiety or worry, you know, and so they're going to go down the cascade of that. The other person might bring an emotion of compassion, of empathy, you know, so the emotion will be completely dependent on the meaning that we give to the event. And then following the emotion is going to be the behavior. The person who's thinking they've done something wrong, maybe they'll judge the office of the secretary or they'll, they'll try to do people pleasing all day or they'll tiptoe around and feeling all stressed. And so the emotion will infuse into the behavior. So with the example of uh, the two people earlier with the secretary, you know, the one who felt the, the emotion of compassion and empathy, their behavior might be more in the sense of being approaching the secretary you know, opening up the conversation, being a listener, doing some acts of services or kind of, you know, tender, loving care. And then the cascade after the behavior comes the result. So the result is, let's say, in one case, the one who was feeling unworthy or they did something wrong, they're dodging, they're maybe being a little bit short with the secretary not to disturb her or whatever. And then the result might be more shortness because the secretary might not know why the person is acting this way. So the result will come back to prove the meaning right. See, she still ignored me. She's still rude. That still means I'm unworthy or I did something wrong versus the person who's been compassionate. And let's say the secretary is having a good cry and they feel relieved and they say, thank you so much. I'm, you know what? I didn't have anybody to talk about it with and I wasn't going to tell anybody. So that means a lot to me. You came to me. So the result will be that the person who was 
compassionate and, and empath- empathetic felt that the meaning was reinforced that see sometimes people are rude because they're going through some tough times and I shouldn't take it personal and maybe I'm going to be the only person allowing them to voice their emotions that day. And so that's kind of the cascade that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The event happens, the thought, which are which is the meaning that we give to this event according to our programming, according to our subconscious beliefs, the meaning brings the emotion, the emotion brings the behavior, the behavior brings the result that will revalidate, we reaffirm the meaning that we gave. You know, so it's really powerful when we re- when we understand that this is just kind of a, a cascade that happens quickly, but when we slow things down, the place where we can have a truly transformational, you know, empowerment is in is in the meaning, you know, and the meaning that we give. And one of the things I, I like to tell people is please don't believe everything your mind is telling is telling you. Don't believe all the stories that are all up there because most of them, you know, uh, you know, unless they're intentional and they make your energy expand and you feel joy and all of that because you were intentional, most stories will feel heavy and dense and contracted and kind of in a repeated <laughs> pattern, you know, you become obsessed with that story. So that's when it's time to pay attention and say, not true not true story and change the story and get some help if you need help to change that story. Yeah. I love, love that example. And even as you're explaining it for those watching on YouTube, you can see when you have that negative story, you're, you're hunched over when you have the curiosity story, you're more expansive and caring and who doesn't love feeling that way. But I think it relates to any relationship, right? Your romantic relationship, you notice your significant other is being a little short and instead of, oh, it's, what's my, what's his problem? You know, and then that's that negative spiral. You stop the story and you say, what's going on? And you're curious about it. And what I'm hearing is that it's, you're not attaching yourself to that meaning, right? You're saying this person, it's their emotions. And by me being curious, I can see what's going on in their head that I'm not in control of their emotions, but I can be curious with it. So knowing that only you have the power to control that story you're telling yourself, asking yourself if it's true, but then when you feel it in your body, it's the power of the pause and not going into that story right away, I think is something so powerful that I've learned that I've learned and that I'm putting into practice is when I feel that way, like I'm so in tune with my body now, when I feel that constricting energy, it's like, okay, what thought am I thinking? Let me pause. Okay. Is that even true? No. All right. Let's move on. Let's pick something else. Or I like the pause with this example. Am I making the secretary's problem about me? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. Like we're all having our own individual experiences and like if my husband's huffing around the house, like I, recently, since working with you, Catherine, I don't take it personally. I'm like, oh, he's going through something. There's something going on. It has nothing to do with me. He's in his own head. And if it does have something to do with me, I can ask. But I think it's coming kind of with that blank slate of, oh, I'm starting to attach that meaning. Why does yeah. it feel heavy? Why do I have this heaviness on me? What am I saying to myself to give me this heaviness? 
And how can I come with an open mind to a conversation with myself or whoever I'm dealing with? And how beautiful that we have that power to release that heavy emotion, that it's no one else's job but our own. Yeah. I think that is so empowering. And I love that you two ladies understand the benefit of releasing and transforming that story because really what we're doing is we're taking that heavy emotion and by being curious about it, instead of locking it in a closet or pounding it somewhere or or putting that emotion into cookies that we eat (laughs) without control, we dare um, pausing and having the meaning of it. You guys understand the benefit of the temporary discomfort of facing that emotion and asking yourself that question for the benefit of how well you feel after. I'm going to say something, and uh, I hope it's received the right way by your audience. Uh, But, I mean, I've been guilty of that myself in the past. And if you watch the documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know? It talks a little bit about uh, the molecules of emotions and the law of attraction and quantum physics. It's very interesting. But in a way, we're all a little bit addicted to our stories and to our drama because they serve a certain purpose. They bring us more of what we don't like which gives more reason to kind of tell that story over and over. But really when we stop and ask ourselves, what is this giving me? Like I remember back in when I was building my business, my coaching business, I remember telling everybody how hard it was and how I was working hard and weekends and evenings. And and then my coach was like, my business coach was like, you realize that you're shooting yourself in the foot by telling this story over and over. You're not making it easier on yourself, right? I was like, oh, yeah. But then there was some compulsion of me wanting to tell that story. And I was like, why is it that I want to tell that story so much? What what do I get from telling that story? And then I just kind of paused and stayed with it. It was uncomfortable. But then I realized, oh, I've been telling that story because I need the validation that, yes, I'm doing a good job. Yes, and and I used to get validation from what I was doing, which is something I uncovered in my own personal work, that this is how I felt love or self-esteem. So I had to do, do, do more in order to feel like I was deserving or worthy of something. So when I understood that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm looking for that validation. I'm looking for that acknowledgement that my work is not going unnoticed. Well, what if I started noticing my own work and giving myself this kind of pat on the back saying, you know what, celebrate. Maybe you did something that was small, maybe you did something that was big, but you keep making forward progress. You know, that's me talking to myself and every day and every way I get better. Every day and every way I get stronger, I get wealthier, I get happier. And so, so I stopped needing to tell that story. So when I say we're, addicted to our story it's not addicted in the way that oh like a drug it's because there's an underlying need that's not being answered that's not being fulfilled therefore it continues to be present so this is one thing I tell people is listen listen to the things that you say over and over what is it that you quote-unquote complain about or that you're unhappy about And what's the need underneath that and what if you were to start fulfilling that need and telling a different story what kind of doors would open for you as you align yourself with what you want instead of what you no longer want. Yeah, I think it's that familiarity of, I know what I'm going to get from this. Mm -hmm. 
like I know I know what result comes from this story and whether I like it or not it's familiar you know and so mm-hmm. I mean working with you I was scared of who I would become without my stories even if they weren't serving me well I was like if I do feel like I'm worthy of success what's gonna happen mm-hmm. like will I have the same circle of friends will that change will my relationship change like what would happen if I was more in tune with or just more peaceful in general with assuming the best in people like am I gonna get hurt like am I gonna be feel dumb that I didn't see something coming or like am I gonna get hurt more often you know I think there's mystery when we try to change or up level like as much as it's good for you it's kind of scary it's super scary and for me it was these past four years I've been sick I don't have answers this is my identity I don't know who I am without being tied to this medical mystery so it's all about that unfamiliarity but that's where the beauty happens and we've experienced that Andrea and I but Catherine, I'd love for you to kind of explain why there is growth in the discomfort, right? Why by dealing with these emotions that they may feel uncomfy, it leads to so many amazing things. And you have this 90 second rule with emotions. And so can you kind of share with us what that all entails? Yes, totally. So like we were saying, most people are afraid of feeling their emotions and they're going to hold it they're going to like hold it in there or, or resist it, but whatever you resist persists, right? So what's been studied is, uh, you know, by Louise Hay or Carolyn Mace, where emotions that are stuck, where they create uh, dysfunction or even illness in the body. And, and sometimes, you know, you can have a whole chakra that's completely out of whack or a couple of them, you know, and there's ways to actually see the balance of the chakras. And this is something I'm learning at Quantum University with this little device called a BioWell. And I'm like, whoa, you can see the chakras of there. Anyway, so I'm getting ahead of myself here, but. Wait, time out. <laughs> what's, what's a chakra for those who don't know? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so in the Ayurvedic, the medicine in India, uh, in, in the Ayurvedic tradition, um, the chakras are energy centers along the body. So kind of following the spine, if you will. And there are seven of them in the physical body, but really kind of 12 different chakra. And um, when there is something that's out of alignment or if there's an emotion that's held into a specific uh, area, let's say I'm thinking solar plexus, and this is the seat of self-esteem and uh, empowerment, confidence. If someone is feeling low self-esteem, and they're having emotions related to low self-esteem, oh, it's going to go right into the solar plexus chakra, which is right where your stomach is. And it's almost like, you know, like you feel like gutted, like oh, you got this knife going into the solar plexus. And so that's how emotions can actually live in the body because the person is not willing to feel them, face them. They're afraid of facing or of feeling them. They're afraid it's going to invade the whole person and be a tsunami or they're going to lose control or it's going to be like that permanently but the the neurosciences studies have shown that if we become like a clear let's say we're like this clear tube <laughs> like this glass tube uh, and we would let the emotion go through us and not 
try to control it, not try to hide it, deny it, whatever, resist it. It would take 90 seconds and it would be done. It's got, it's kind of, whoop, you go through it and it's done. Think about, think about kids, how pure they are when they haven't learned yet to withhold their emotions or don't do that in public or this, you know, they'll do a full bacon crisis on the floor at the grocery store because mama doesn't want to buy them these candies. And if you leave them alone a minute, minute and a half, and it'll be done. They'll get back up and then life as usual. Of course, for mom, that will feel like 15 years, but for the kid, because they don't, they don't hold back, right, until they learn to do so. So it's the same for us. If we allow ourselves to go feel the feels, 90 seconds and it's going to be over. I remember telling my husband that to not be afraid of my emotions um, because if I can just talk to him and, and let that that wave, it's going to be done like this. Whereas if I'm tiptoeing and trying to make it pretty and this and that, of course I'm polite and we work collaboratively through things because obviously our emotions come up. But um, I used to tell him, don't be afraid. Just, just You'll see the the quicker we go into it, it's done. It's like, you know, when you feel like you've got an indigestion and you're kind of feeling like nauseous for hours. Now you just put that finger in that throat and blah, it comes out, you know, <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> it, it sounds like kind of the power of not letting things build up in the closet, like nipping them yeah. in the butt when they happen, acknowledging it. And I heard something a while ago and I don't remember who it was from but it was like emotions are like children they just need to be acknowledged and validated and then they carry on <laughs> and it's like when you yeah. say it like that yeah it's simple mm-hmm. yeah something I'm thinking of now because I'm getting more in tune with like you know working with you where things are in my body so a lot of times my like when you just explain the negative emotion typically to me it's like in my gut I feel this punch I feel this um uneasiness in my gut and then when I feel good it's like up in my chest and it's my heart and so I'm curious like knowing those things if you start to get in tune with okay I am telling the story over and over and when I think about it my gut is off what's the power of knowing where it is in your body and how do you get more of it or release it how does that work so the emotion is really happening, you know, the feeling is happening in the body. So, and the body will never lie. That's, you know, if you think about just subtle changes in you and, and, if, and if you become more perceptive of these things, it'll really, really help to catch it earlier before it becomes something bigger. One of the things that I like doing, and it's just, I mean, a coaching technique, but um, that when an emotion is kind of stuck in the body and you're really feeling it, let's say it's in your gut and, and everything feels like it's maybe twirling or twisting in there. I like to just kind of extract it, which might sound weird, but since it's emotion is, is energy in motion, it's just energy. So it's like if we were to take it from your stomach and then bring it into your hands so that it would come into like a symbol, a word, or a, a color, the first thing that comes to mind, that's when we're interacting with the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind will always talk in symbols, so it will never make sense to the conscious mind. And then sometimes, you know, there's going to be a symbol that appears, oh, there's a cloud there. Okay, what does a cloud mean? 
well, then you find the meaning for you and then you kind of find the empowerment uh, behind that uh, for you. Oh, well, but maybe the cloud is that it doesn't matter the amount of clouds there is in the sky. I know there's always a sun above it. Oh, and what does that bring? You know, a sense of what? Well, a sense of hope. Okay. So hope it was really the message of that twirling thing in your gut. So how about we put hope back in your gut? And literally people will feel it. And I work on Zoom and I do it on the screen and people are like, wow, uh, I'm pretty sure I've done it with, with, with you ladies. Yes. But to kind of put back something, we literally took a heavy emotion and we alchemized it by finding the message, the meaning, the uplifting yeah, message that it had. And then we put that back into the body and the body's like, ah, that feels better. It's like we did a reframe, not for the mind, but for the body, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like every episode now is going from mindset work to body work. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like every episode's going back to how everything feels in your body, how the body keeps the score, how the body tells the truth. It's so interesting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that energy is just emotion emotion is energy in motion <laughs> like it's it has me thinking about I'm doing the Tony Robbins has this priming morning exercise that he does and at the end of it it's grabbing on to any good feeling like any moment of gratitude of hope of accomplishment of you know moments with your significant other your business partner any good feeling and literally just grabbing it and putting it in your chest and saying yes and and it sounds so silly but after it I'm like I'm light I'm empowered and it's I think it comes down to being open to do these things like they're not complicated it's the ego being like that's silly you look silly you don't not gonna work you don't know what you're doing yeah Yeah. and it's like shut up (laughs) let me just do the thing that's gonna make me feel better and stop trying to overcomplicate it you know what makes me think yeah. of something silly is our other coach, Kara, she, who just happens to be Catherine's best friend also, fun fact, yeah. oh, just powerhouse of coaches Brooke and I have. But she, one thing she talks about is like to release these feelings or to move through them is like dancing. But she's like, no, not like a cool dance in the mirror where you think you look awesome. She's like, I want you to shake it out. I want you to move your body so you look so weird and strange. (laughs) And it's like, you know, part of you resists it because it does look and feel weird. But if there's some science behind moving emotion through your body and healing by just shaking it out, like, why not? Yeah, it's to change your story, you change your state. That's what I've learned in this Tony Robbins seminar I've been obsessing over is you, you want to change your story. Well, you have to change your physical state and your physiology and the way you move your body, the way you move your face, the way you speak, it's what you focus on. And it all comes down to like almost manipulating how you want to feel like you can change that energy that's moving through you. And of course it's going to be positive and be lighter because when you think of those emotions, how do they feel in your body? They feel light when you want to feel worry and hatred feels dark and heavy. And so moving your body in a way that's energizing is going to bring you these, these good feelings. And then that's what you focus on and you get more of. There's literally studies that have been done with posture and self-esteem or confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, they would have uh, subjects, uh, before going to a job interview and, and they would have some of them 
you know, sit with their arms behind their head and, you know, chest back and legs kind of open and kind of chill out versus none of that. And then they found out that the candidates that were in, embodying empowering poses or postures were more likely to get the, get the job. And there's even a TED Talk from uh, in Amy Cody, Cody, C-U-D-D-Y, about the victory pose. Mm-hmm. And there's something really empowering about the victory pose, which is just to bring your two arms above your head in kind of this V-shape, like like you're finishing this marathon and what? And yeah, and there's even studies with people who are blind, who've been blind all of their life. So they've never seen, you know, people do this victory pose and they will naturally adopt this pose when they're happy or joyful. So there's something in our biology about the, you know, the the big and victory and expansive. Yes, yeah. exactly. Jess and I are playing with high-fiving our kids in the mornings. I talked to them about the high-five habit. Yeah, Mel Robbins just talked about this. And I told Justin, I'm like, it helps with confidence and a positive mindset starting your day. He's like, why not? Like, they're coming down the stairs. We are high-fiving our kids every day. Like, if it works, like, why not try it? Or if there's any type of good feelings associated with something. And who cares if you look silly? Yeah. It has me thinking too about the the superwoman or superman pose, how studies show just standing like that for two minutes at the start of your morning or anytime you want to turn your day around. I think it's just expanding your chest, your heart. Yeah, I'm curious, Catherine, for you, like what are some of your day-to-day practices you do? I just want to like a picture in your life of what you do to get your energy up. Like your morning routine or if you need a switch throughout the day. Or literally anything you do. I just want to know everything you do. <laughs> well, I get up, I brush my teeth. Okay, no, not something detailed. Um, I really have a uh, practice of movement and it can be yoga, biking. Really for me, and this is something I'm learning in the Ayurvedic, you know, in Siddha Veda, my dosha, my body type is vata. And vata is movement. So I need to move literally so that I can get my day in motion. And it can be just gentle exercises or things like that. I like to um, do some daily affirmations. So I have these kind of list of affirmations and I kind of go through them. Sometimes I just put the list on the ground and doing my sun salutation. Oh, yeah. I'm always attracting. I'm attracting prosperity. My body's full of vitality. So I do these affirmations. I've recently acquired pulse electromagnetic fields uh, device, which is something that I've just learned in my PhD. And this is something I'm going to talk about in the master classes that are to come. But this is literally recharging your body, recharging your cells at the cellular level. And there's like tons of studies around this 30,000 research studies in NASA. It's PEMF, pulse electromagnetic therapy uh, electromagnetic field therapy and there's like a ton of indication for all kinds of stuff increasing energy better sleep better mood uh, stronger bones stronger immunity <clears throat> I mean you name it so now I, I zap myself in the morning <laughs> there's like mats too right I've heard yes. yeah but yours yes. is a device so, that you zap yourself with no no it's a full body mat oh it is okay okay <laughs> we're thinking about this 
I'll just call it the zapper. And, and, you know, I've kind of now recalibrated to being from being a full-time business owner and coach to now being a full-time student and a full-time business owner. So I'm <laughs> studying in the, in the morning, but I really like to get my neurons firing and studying, you know, in the morning when I'm at my sharpest. And then, you know, I, I, food wise, I have kind of two meals a day and I do kind of intermittent fasting. And that's how I found that uh, my body works the best. I take a trucker's breakfast in the morning because I need some meat. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I think that the most amazing change that I've seen from being a coach and even in recent years is to be as present as possible at every moment. And whether it's when I'm coaching a client, when I'm eating mindfully, when I'm being with my husband, when I'm on my bike, oh, on my bike, I, I, I do all kinds of affirmations. You know, I'm so grateful that I get to work with amazing aligned clients that, you know, understand the work that I do and they welcome the transformation and they want to get further. So I do that on my bike. But I'm really being so much more present than I used to. I mean, I think back in my teenage and 20s, I mean, I would run into like the door frame because I was so not present. And I think this has made the biggest difference in my life. You know, I'll do a little meditation here and there, not at a, not in a particular time of the day, but really these things, you know, connection with my, uh, my husband, my significant uh, people, good sleep <laughs> and um, movement. I mean, Life is simple, really. I was just going to say, the simple things. <laughs> it really is. You know, Brooke and yeah. I, we talk about our sessions with you, and it all always comes back to, like, these one-word things, like love, peace, ease. <laughs> and it's so interesting because we, you know, we complicate things, and we're constantly trying to figure things out and relationships. And I just think, like, you have a way of making it so simple that like, how is that serving you to, to question all of these things? Like what is the root of what you actually want? And just taking your time to get there. It sounds so mm -hmm. simple, but just being present is the answer. Like what yeah. am I, if you just slow down and you focus on whether it's your internal world or external world, the answers are just right there. And it's so simple. I think it's also getting simple, simpler for us because we've done that deep work first, right? Of even acknowledging and understanding what emotions or what stories we've been telling ourselves since we were little, that's weighing us down and allowing us to not be present. And so that's why I want to plug Catherine's work. We do it every episode, I swear. I'm doing it again because it, you know, you, I feel like I couldn't fully be present because there was so much emotional baggage and weight. Like you had said, Catherine, that those bricks pulling me back. And now mm -hmm. it's having that trust of, I just have to show up because everything I need is within me. And one yeah. of the biggest things that I would talk to Catherine about is I'm trying to consume all of this this these studies and this learning and seminars and and I would say to Catherine I feel like I'm not retaining anything that I'm learning and she'd say yes you are stop like stop questioning it it's it's in you it's within you and when you need it it will come up because your body is there to take care of you and it's really that simple <laughs> yes yes it is 
So I think that more work you do, you condition it in your body to actually believe it and to have that pause become so natural where you can then question your story once you do that deep work. Yeah. And I think you said it so beautifully that because you've, you've dared doing the deeper work where, you know, together we, we've tapped into what energy was blocked and we released what was calling to be released in order to accelerate that emotional and physical healing in such a way that now when you encounter you know, challenges or adversity, it's so much easier. It's like you, you know, when, when you've done a big cleanup of that dirty bathroom and then afterwards you just kind of clean a little bit every week or you take out the trash every once in a while, you know, more often than, so it's easier because you're working on such a cleaner foundation and, and, you know, by, by transcending these deeper, you know, bricks (laughs) that, that you were carrying, that's how you're able to go to the next step to implement what you've learned. Oftentimes you're implementing or retaining subconsciously. And I tell exactly what you say, you will retain what you need to, and it'll be available to you when you need it. So if you kind of start with that premise, and by the way, this is a great reminder for myself as I'm studying two programs right now, I should be retaining more, but then to trust that whatever needs to be, retained is there and and I'll get what I expect in life and and uh, and so that will integrate in a deeper level and then you implement you integrate you bridge to you know with your actions and then more and more you live that aligned living that 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 aligned coherent life that feels so good and whole and so much more empowering and peaceful Yeah, you're free, free from the baggage. It's like the bricks eventually become stones, the stones become twigs. It's, and then eventually you're free or something holds you down and you have the tools that you need and you know that you have the power within you to release that baggage and not let it weigh you down to handle it right when it happens. Yeah. And, and it's really my objective to, um, to empower the person to be able to do that for themselves, you know, to, I mean, as much as I love working with, you know, with you ladies, it's my joy to see that how, what you've learned, you're applying it to, and, and it's, and it's working, you know, you know, I want to, I want to um, emphasize how important it is to do that deep work with someone who is comfortable with uncomfortable emotions. Not everyone is. And personally, I see my work as, you know, we're, we're going into that dark forest. And I'm holding the lantern and you don't want to go. And for sure, if you were by yourself, you would not go there unless there was a wolf running after you and that was your only choice. But it's like, no, 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 let's go. We're going into that dark forest. And yes, it looks scary, but I'm promising you that's where the treasure, that's where the gold is. And that's where we find it. And that's why also the dark isn't scary anymore after that. Yeah, I think that you help have less judgment on the darkness that we have. Mm. Like, I think there's shame around how dark we all are. At least I feel this way. Like, I feel like everybody has this darkness in them of their insecurities or their fears or their judgment of themselves or judgment of others. And having you there, it's like an acceptance that it's there and we all have it. And if we shine the lantern on it, we can just talk about it and make it less dark, you know? And it's like, it felt like we both had a flashlight, you know? And you're also shining light on 
these memories that were at the core, where these limiting beliefs actually come from, right? Like going back to when we were five years old and these memories that we didn't even remember were there because they were so far in our subconscious. And now because we have someone coming with us with a flashlight, we're ready to see them in a different light, give them a different meaning. And then Catherine, you talk about how you give them a different meaning and then it, it's that ripple effect that it goes then through all of the events and now it's conditioned in you. Can you just quick talk about how that works? Like how you give these, these events that happened years and years ago, a different meaning, and then it just kind of sticks with that meaning in your body. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of doing this work, which by the way, the antidote, the darkness is light. You know, if you walk into a room and it's dark, what you do, you, you turn the switch on, right? And then the darkness dissolves. But the beauty of working with the subconscious mind and finding the root of where a limiting belief, a subconscious belief has kind of imprinted there. And we go visit that event with a higher perspective, with the perspective of there's a gift there, there's a lesson there. And we're able to kind of go back into time and gather this new perspective and now, let's say the, the, the three-month-old realizes, oh, it's just because mom was overwhelmed. It's not because I didn't have a right to exist, right? And then so afterwards, we grow back. And when you re-imprint the meaning and the emotion in a, uh, an early memory in the formative years, after that, all of the events that, that happened in your life, they're kind of like a pearl necklace. So if you, it's like if you remove the, the, the first pearl and then you kind of all of the other events that you're going to go visit them in light of these new meanings, you're going to go back to, let's say, the high school. Um, and this is how, you know, all guided visualization, but you're going to go back to, let's say, the high school uh, yard and uh, schoolyard. And then instead of feeling like you didn't belong there, you didn't have a right to exist. Maybe you sense that, oh, my friend too is having doubts about themselves, so it's not about me. And then you kind of re-imprint all of these events in your life past where that emotion was and you liberate it, like literally like you liberate that. And then what's left when you think back on your past is a good memory. It's no longer the thing that kind of, hooked you in third grade when so-and-so said something to you. No, that's no longer there. And that is so liberating. I always feel like it's easy to go for the, the hard emotion or the dark emotion, right? Like thinking about your childhood, you always pick out the negativity. The parent wasn't there or, you know, my mom did this to me or dad said this to me. And I think it's easy to go towards those negative emotions. Do you think so too? Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious why why that is. Well, if we go to the equation of at any given time in our life, we are either at cause or at effect. And for mo- at effect is being in the victim seat. And at cause is being in the captain of your own ship kind of taking responsibility for yourself. So when we're kids, we don't necessarily have the cognitive or the capacity or the experience to be at cause. So 
to us, when we're kids, life happens to us. People treat us a certain way. We see things as they are. So anytime a kind of a um, limiting belief or a heavier emotion sets in, it's because we're at, at the effect. We're, we're at, in the victim. And then that carries into adult, you know, adulthood. And um, when we are at effect and we're victim of circumstances, especially, you know, people treat me this way or how come, you know, we, we've all had some examples perhaps in our family of people being in, in the victim side of the equation. And the, and the thing is, when we're in the victim side, it's impossible to transform. We have to come back at cause because victim, we have no control. We're helpless, hopeless. And here are kind of five signs that someone is in the victim mentality. They'll blame someone, someone else. They will justify or they will justify or give excuses. That kind of goes together. They will rationalize things. They will deny it or they will minimize it. So this is the victim seat where the person feels like life is happening to them versus in the cause and side of the equation where the person feels like life is happening for them. And how do we know that we are at cause, which is kind of what we're doing with the transformational work is we're going from effect back to cause. But when we're at cause, we take full responsibility for everything that happens in our life. And so we'll, you know, you'll know that somebody is at cause when they say they're asking, how is this happening for me? How is this helping me grow? You know, they feel less distraught. There's less emotional distress when someone is taking full responsibility, although it might be uncomfortable, but they're less kind of distressed and in the emotion and the drama as with somebody in the victim seat, right? So someone in the cause side of the equation will be more present and they'll be tapping into themselves to hear their inner voice or their intuitive guidance, their own wisdom for guidance. Paradoxically, someone at the cause side of the equation will also kind of surrender with faith to something greater. That knowing that they've been intentional to, you know, repair, put forth something, and then kind of sending that in the universe, giving it in the hands of God, and kind of expecting that things will turn out the way they want because they're at cause. But there's a certain level of surrender and surrender, not in a negative way, but really kind of just faith that mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And this is where the, um, the quantum physics and the law of attraction kind of comes in together. And I really feel like uh, quantum physics is kind of the science and the law of attraction is kind of the spirituality and they bridge together. I really feel like when we are at cause is when we can harness the power of this bridged quantum law of attraction, I'll put it this way, <laughs> and really witness the magic of it unfolding under our eyes. Like, I, I don't know, have you ever had like something you decided, like you were no longer going to do certain things. Maybe it's, you were no longer going to, let's say, spend money mindlessly. And all of a sudden you came back to the cause and you were intentional. And then, whoa, all of a sudden you're seeing opportunities, Money's coming your way. Now you're clearing out some debts. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. Things are kind of aligning under your eyes, right? Because you just tapped into the quantum law of attraction by being intentional and being at cause. 
So you, you might have had experiences like this, both of you. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. I love how you explain that too. And I, I think there's age that plays into this, right? Like you're a child and then you're an adolescent and you're, you know, under control or like under the roof of a grown up. And so it's like, you know, this natural ownership kind of needs to happen as you enter the real world. But I do think there's something about when you're a child and then you blame things on your parents or whatever, because they are in charge and created your circumstance to some extent or whatever. But a lot of adults go through their whole life being in the victim Mm -hmm. mentality, blaming and justifying and not listening. And I guess, what do you think is like the secret sauce to flipping it to ownership and being the cause? Like, does that just happen when you're ready or do you feel like life hits people in the face? Like what, like how do people flip into ownership? Do you think? That's a great question. And I've asked myself that question, you know, sometimes with people close to me that, you know, it's always easier from the outside to see that they're just shooting themselves in the foot and you're like, man, if they could only, you know, (laughs) but we're not there to dictate how people should live their life. And I think it's a little bit of of what you said that life will bring them circumstances when they're ready for it. And unfortunately, what I've seen in in my personal experience is it it came from life-changing events, whether it's an illness, an accident, a divorce, being laid off of the, the job. And there's a higher purpose in this adversity. There's really a gift in that adversity. And somebody could stay a victim of that and never heal from that. Or they can be invited to see it under a different lens. So some of the things that I like to do is to reframe. You know, reframing means just to see something under another frame. It's like you're changing the frame of your glass. You're putting different glasses and changing the frame of your filter. So without being kind of preachy or telling people what to do, because that doesn't work. If it had to work in medicine to tell people what to do, it would have worked a long time ago, you know? (laughs) And who are we to tell people what to do? Because we're not in their shoes. But to kind of bring it under a different lens, and I like to bring like a reframe, like, huh, okay, that's interesting that you're, you're seeing it this way. And well, what if what if this person was going through kind of a hard time and really it was nothing about it, it? It didn't have anything to do with you. I mean, what would that be like? And kind of just bringing an, a new possibility that kind of takes them out of the usual frame, seeding a possibility, maybe asking them like, okay, so I hear you that you, you don't like this in your life and this feels unfair. Well, how would you like to feel instead? What would you like to experience instead? And just by doing that, it's like you're taking them from a, it's, it's literally like a 180 degree shift from focusing on what they no longer want to focus on what they want. And that is really powerful, even for people at, I mean, they're going to choose to stay there if they want to. I mean, people have free will, but it's really powerful to help them see, hey, okay, you know, you don't want this anymore. What if you were to focus on what you want instead and figure that out? Even if it involves other people treating you a certain way, seeding the possibility that in all of these relationships, what's the common denominator? It's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what if you were to kind of change something from within 
And then that would radiate out. So let's focus on what you want to experience instead. I think that's a really powerful way to kind of snap out of it. What do you think? That's so powerful. It's what do you want? You know, and you talk about Mm -hmm. behavior change or our clients who want to lose weight or eat different. And it's, I have to do this. I need to do this. And it's, again, how does that feel in in your body? Words have power. They have that energy. And so to switch it to, I want to, I get to, I look forward yeah. to, like, how, how much different does that feel? And if you could talk to yourself through that, how much different yeah. would, would things be and would be a joy, wouldn't be work? Yeah, it's so much less co- coercive mm-hmm. when, when we say, oh, I get to do this. Wow, I, I, in my, I'm excited about this workout that I'm going to do today instead of I have to do this, which is like, eh the hands of authority, which ultimately we all choose everything that's happening in our life, whether we realize it or not, <laughs> Yeah, I think which is good to know. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it gets to a certain point where you have that crisis of, I can't do this any longer. Something needs to shift. It's either I stay yeah. here, nothing changes, or if I want something to change, I got to change. And so you're kind of forced into that ownership of no one's coming to save me. No one cares more about me than I do. And if I want something different, I have to claim it. And it's a practice, right? We worked with you for four to six months and Andrew and I are constantly learning and going to these seminars and wanting to learn more because it's a constant practice. Our million year old brain is like, nope, survival. Nope. Look for the bad. Look for the bad. You have to train yourself and condition it in you to look for the good. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. And if you can make these small shifts and know that they all add up, as long as you're continuing to focus on what you want more of, it's it's a never ending journey and it's not a destination. I think that's what we learned is it's always putting in more effort of how you want to feel and reinforcing that. And ultimately it's about enjoying the ride. Nobody Mm -hmm. came here to suffer, really. (laughs) That's not a purpose of our lives. So the deeper work, yes, it takes effort. But, you know, once you've done some kind of deep (laughs) cleansing, my my husband calls it, he says the other day, he says, you realize, Catherine, that because I'm hearing you talk about what you do with your clients, and it sounds to me like a mental enema. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I thought that's awesome. Brooke, you could probably speak to that. You actually do yes. animals. I got all animals all around. I got Catherine for mental, coffee for insides. It, it's true though. Like this, these emotions, these self love beliefs that we don't even know we're aware of are holding us down and it's just like toxic in us. And so to cleanse that and then what you're focusing on, if it's these positive things or, you know, doing this work, talking it through, not letting the emotions eat you up. It's, it's like you have that constant flow. It's, it's it's a brook. It's a stream. Things are moving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's so worth it. Five years ago, when I really started this deeper work, you would tell me that my life would look like this today. I would be like, no, 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 no. But it's like, wow, pinch me someone. You know, every day I'm like, pinch me. That I'm not dreaming that this life, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's so much more joyful and peaceful and um, amplified and, and um, grounded and present. And, and there's a softness, a gentleness 
to this life. It, it just feels really good. And it's drama free most of the time. And it's like, more of this, please. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. And hearing Andrew and I's story and your story, you know, for our listeners, know that it's possible. Like we are proof that you can cleanse and get to, I put in quotes, the other side, but really the other side of being in that cause. And it doesn't happen overnight, but you can do something today to start that journey, right? You can follow Catherine, you can book a discovery call. And Catherine, I'd love for you to share where people can find you if they want more of you, if they want to start doing this work, where they can find you. Yes, um, absolutely. I have my social media. Facebook is um, Catherine Gagnon, Transformational Coach. Same thing for Instagram. My website is really where people can see kind of the different programs and book a discovery session. But I think you guys have the link uh, for the discovery session. But um, the the website is www.catherinegagnon.ca. So it's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G, as in Georgia, a-G-N as in November, O-N dot C-A. And there's just my name dot C-A. Shoot me an email um, or if, if someone is, is just feeling ready to kind of uh, dive deep into what's holding them back, what's holding them stuck and into the heavy emotions, let's, um, you know, let's jump on a discovery call and, and start transcending these things and, and cleansing and feeling much, much lighter and freer. It's really it's really amazing how quickly we can feel the 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 weight lift and i I remember andrea just quickly when you were when we were doing the work actively and um you had gone on on a on a run after one of our session and you were like i'm just running like the wind like you literally felt lighter and stronger that was awesome like wow yes yeah i think it's really powerful when you can see instant results. You can instantly have this baggage or emotional weight off you and you physically feel lighter. It's mind-blowing. And I also want to say too that I think, you know, this is deep stuff. This is getting into, like I said, your insecurities and fears and addressing them with a stranger. And I do think that holds us back you know, like book a discovery session. Okay. Get to your website. I'm about to click on this. Am I really going to do it? And so I just, you know, I have friends that have started working with Catherine Brooke and I have, Mm -hmm. I've even had my husband on the session and there is just something about you that is so inviting and warm and you don't feel like you're blindly going in and just talking to someone that is a stranger. It feels like You've known you for years. I don't even know how to explain it. She's magical. You are just magical. You're warm. Like you just feel it. And so if anybody is just like kind of thinking about working with you and hesitating, book that discovery session because you'll get a full taste of what it's like to work with Catherine before you have to agree to anything long term for four to six Mm -hmm. months like we keep talking about. I think discovery sessions are so valuable. And there's no, there's nothing to lose. Right. It's just a conversation, an objective perspective, a non-judgment, safe space. And there is no greater investment than investing in yourself. You are worth it. Catherine is worth it. Hands down. If we haven't got that point across, listen, it's worth it. She's worth it and you're worth it. And so we'll plug all of Catherine's information in our show notes. And if you are a little nervous and you need a little cheering on, Andrew and I are happy 
shoot us a message and we can talk to you more about it too. If you need us to kind of bridge that gap or do the introduction, whatever you need, we want you to know that freedom is available, that you can feel lighter. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you, ladies. My love cup is so full. I love you both (laughs) so much. And just, um, it's been just really a joy to seeing you empower yourself and you are in leadership roles and in such an inspiring way that you bring your, your wisdom, your knowledge and, um, and it's really a great privilege for me to have worked with you, with both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we love you. Yes, we love you too. All right, and Catherine, as you know, we have time for our three gold stars, three takeaways for our listeners. Are you ready to share those? Absolutely. So number one is to practice interrupting the patterns of thought by asking, is this true? What else could this mean? And then, you know, if, if it's about somebody else, you can check out the source, you know, is everything okay? But really just interrupt those thoughts. Is this true? Probably not about me. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two is seriously get out of victim mentality. Life happens for you, not to you. And doors will open wide when you become the captain of your ship. Trust me. And number three is to get help from someone who's comfortable navigating the realms of uncomfortable emotions. It's really priceless to go there. I love that. So beautiful. You just talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) I I do not want this to end. We're going to learn even more because we have Unleashing Ivy. These are our three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. With your history of limes and the way that you've navigated through your professional life and schooling and everything, I'm curious, when was it for you that you really took ownership in your life? Like, is there a moment in your journey that you really feel like you took ownership? Absolutely. And I have to say that I argued with my soul for about four months (laughs) before I was able to do it. It was when uh, 2016, my business was not even a year old. And I really, after a while, I had to go on a leave of absence from my nurse practitioner job because I was just really sick with Lyme. But I was continuing to build my business at my rhythm. And my soul was telling me, all right, it's time to quit that nurse practitioner job. I'm like, what? (laughs) What are you saying? Like, I've studied and I've got my patients and my colleagues. And my soul was like, You're going to have to learn to trust me and quit that nurse practitioner job. And indeed, after a little while, I had evidence that I could make a living from my coaching business, which is in our industry, as you know, it's less than 10% of coaches that can make a living from from coaching full-time. So that was a bit scary. And then I have to say that the moment after I, I sent my resignation letter, within the Two, like I had this surge of energy immediately. It's like I had liberated a huge weight. And within two weeks of resignation, um, I regained 10 of the 17 pounds that I had lost. And I mean, I was like a stick. I was really thin. And it's like my body was like, oh, thank you. And then the next thing my soul said was, okay, next thing is going to be your relationship. Even though it was a, you know, it was a beautiful person, we were no longer a mind and so I said to my soul okay one divorce at a time (laughs) but that was really when um, I felt like I just 
listened to my soul and took that leap of faith and took the reins in my hands and let's do it, baby. (laughs) Wow. That's a lot all in one time on top of being sick. Yeah. It's powerful that you listen to that. You call it Mm -hmm. your soul, your soul speaking to you. I get confused if it's my soul, if it's God, if it's like what that is, but it's, it's that knowing it's a knowing, but yeah, to me, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel it when I pray, I feel, I like mm-hmm. hear the voice of God. I feel that's what yeah. I call it. At least I think you, you call it what you want, but that's what I, I hear it. Yeah. It's oh. like the, for me, it's like the God within, which is kind of, it's the universe. It's the infinitely big and the infinitely small, but yet all is part of the whole. So that's kind of how I uh, I envision it and feel it. So did yeah. you just feel that it was time to let go of of this marriage and your nurse practitioner job? Or when you say you listen it, to your soul, what does that mean? It became so uncomfortable to stay that I just had to. It's almost like, you know, this hand is pushing you to the side of the cliff and you got your feet, you know, and then you're right there and you just have to go and trust that those wings literally will support you like I've done for 16 years of hang gliding. But it was just unbearable. It was like making you sick is what it sounds like. Yeah. Or sicker. It was make yeah, sicker. And then with the evidence of just big leaps of healing, when I finally kind of gave in, you know, and it's almost, you hear this music, you know, of oh, approaching towards the cliff and then ta-da! Freedom! <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> and um, that's really how I experienced it. But it was, it was not easy because it was one of the biggest decisions of my life um, to, to let go of, of the, the, you know, the, the dream and what I had studied for and, and my colleagues especially, and uh, but I wouldn't go back, you know. Yeah, I think just, it shows the beauty of trusting in yourself and that you've got your own back, and when it feels right, don't question it. I mean, maybe question it a little <laughs> if, if it's the right choice, you know, put some thought into it, but knowing that you, you your body knows best and it'll tell you. Yep, exactly, totally. All right, <laughs> next question. So, Catherine, you are doing two different programs right now. You're studying, full-time student. You have full-time coaching practice. You are a wife. You hang glide. You've got a lot going on. And so I'm curious how you find the balance and also taking care of your health because your health is very important after going through Lyme and learning all of this. How do you juggle it all? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've been kind of calibrating to this new reality. And I have to say that I will go for what feels best in the moment. So perhaps, you know, last week I was late on my schoolwork because we had spent the weekend with my parents and there was some beautiful days for flying. And it kind of torn me a little bit, um, but I decided to stay home and do my work because I kind of projected myself with my future self at the end of the day and I connected with which one would be most at peace and the happiest of what I accomplished. And I knew that if I was going to fly with all of this stuff on my mind, I wouldn't be as present and I wouldn't enjoy it as much. So, but other times that I've been working, studying, and I'm on top of things, and then it's a good day, and I'm like, yeah, right now I need flying. 
um, or it's going to be going on a bike ride versus just going on a walk. So it's really tuning into what feels best in the moment and what's my energy level, what do I need, how do I feel, and just responding to that on a moment-to-moment basis. And that's how I felt the balance. It sounds different than that instant gratification. Because I think some Mm -hmm. people may hear that and, okay, do what feels good. It's, no, no, what does the soul need? What's going to nourish you? Yeah, and thank you for that distinction. It's true. It's not just like, what's going to feel good right now? Cookies. No, it's not that. (laughs) Yeah, I still have that problem. Dark chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's good antioxidants in dark chocolate. That's true. That's true. All right, last question. I'm curious, in the next five years with the schooling you're doing, what you're most excited for and what you think, like, what it's going to bring to you in the next five years? Ah, this is something that, you know, my vision, it kind of keeps changing a lot as I'm studying more. I see a big change in the way we do healthcare. And uh, I'm actually excited to be a pioneer in how this gets to be expressed. And I'm excited about sharing with people what I'm learning because, I mean, I've got a PEMS mat and now I'm talking about it to everyone because I'm like, Everyone should have one. There's studies, there's benefits. I already feel good after one week of using it. I mean, everybody needs one. So the excitement is to share all the wealth of knowledge that honestly has been um, withheld for about 150 years in, in, you know, in the medical field to, this is a whole separate conversation, but to really favor pharmaceutical drugs, surgery, chemotherapy. And this, there's a whole history in the, 1800, the late 1800s of what, what happened. But really, I'm excited for people to take back their power in empowering themselves to get healthy. And I'm excited to bring in um, new old modalities <laughs> that people can use and to pull from the best of everything to kind of shortcut that roadmap to healing, to wellness. I'm excited to participate in that because I see, I sense that we are on the brim of, of massive change and that people are awakening everywhere on the planet and consciousness is calling to evolve. And so I'm just excited to be a full participant in that. So exciting. Oh, I love that. And just makes you think of Ivy Unleashed and how we started this yeah. podcast was there's so much more that we're doing that people don't know about and we need to share. We felt that calling on our heart and we sense that people got to know about this because it's helping us. And if it's helping us, it's going to help someone else. And now we are talking to incredible minds like yours and it's, it's just full circle moment over here. So we're so grateful for you and that you're part of us. And thank you for listening to that nudge and for, for starting, even though you didn't know how to do this, there might've been fears and doubts and, and but yet you kept going and, you know, now you have this broad audience who's benefiting so much from your wisdom and, and the great minds that you're you're bringing in. So uh, I'm just really, really excited and grateful to be on this journey with you, both of you. I love you, too, so much. Oh, we love, love you. you. We're so grateful for you in our lives and <laughs> on this podcast because you're going to help set even more people free. And that you're continuing to learn more and (laughs) share more with the world. It's so exciting. I can't wait to hear more of your stories of what you're learning and what you're doing. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.
All right. Well, we hate to see you go, <laughs> but we know that you'll be back and you're not really going anywhere because we won't exactly. let you go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep finding you. But oh, yeah. We know that you are full of gold and you know that we leave our listeners at the end of every episode with a piece of gold. And so would you like to share your gold today with us? Yes. So, I mean, the, the gold, which is really simple, uh, feeling is healing. So I want to add from today's conversation that feeling is healing and healing is freedom. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. <laughs>